This is the diversity of me, keeping it real with me, Tanya Rye. In this episode, you will hear me talking to a guest who works in broadcast or the creative industries as they share their top three keeping it reals. But what does this mean, I hear you ask? Well, there is no single definition for keeping it real. It means all sorts of different things to all sorts of different people. What I do hope you find from these episodes is that they are informative, that they are of benefit to you and that you can relate to the words that are spoken. Susie Cox is many things. A TV personality and speaker, a voiceover actor, a mentor, investor and advocate, a fellow podcaster, a mum and she was Vogue off of Gladiators. As in the hit TV show of the 90s that I watched religiously every weekend. I cannot believe I have the actual Vogue off of the actual Gladiators on my podcast. Now, it would be a disservice to her brilliance by not talking about the other things she does. So she has presented and been interviewed on numerous regional and national television and radio shows, including ITV, LWT, BBC, Channel 4, Virgin Radio and Radio 5 Live. She does a whole host of voiceover acting and narration and has been quoted as saying she would have gladly wrestled Cameron Diaz to play Princess Fiona in Shrek. Susie became an investor and supporter of the Educational Women's Health Initiative, The Well HQ. It offers resources, courses, and the support of a whole community of active and professional women. And she has not one, but two podcasts, Top Dogs and Their Humans, where Susie chats with some amazing humans going behind the scenes to find out why they love their pooches so much, who really sleeps in the bed, who behaves well, who doesn't, and who is really top dog. And her other podcast has a brilliant title, Brave Pants with Vogue and the Viking, which is all about women putting on brave pants and doing stuff they have always wanted. She talks to fabulous women about their brave pants moments, where there are loads of laughs and no subject is taboo. Susie and I met through a wonderful community, especially for women, created by personal career and leadership brand strategist, Sally Poinsett-Nash, who has also been a previous guest on my podcast way back in series one. Do go and check out that episode because she is an absolute force to be reckoned with and one of the nicest humans I know. Anyways, getting back to Susie, I was way too shy about asking her to feature as a guest and it was Sally who initiated the ask on my behalf without me even telling her I wanted Susie on. She just instinctively knew. When I said I was too shy because Susie was like Vogue from Actual Gladiators, Susie's immediate response was, Tanya, you numpty. I'd love to do it. <laughs> and here we are. Susie, hello to you. Hello, Tanya, you numpty. <laughs> that was actually, yes, that is 100% true. Um, yeah, but it's interesting, I think, just that from that, you know, just that people see you as obviously a confident media podcaster, and yet we all have our sort of things that we're sort of a little bit shy or a little bit in awe of, you know, which I find, you know, we all have it. You know, if Brad Pitt turned up in my front room, I'd be, you know, falling over for a start me too 
<laughs> for shizzle. So, yeah, oh, no, I do love Brad Pitt. Sorry, I'm digressing. Um, but yes, I, I absolutely, I love being on other people's podcasts because I think having done them myself, I'm always excited when I ask people to be on my podcasts and they say yes. So I like to sort of, I know how that feels. So it's really nice to sort of, if I can, if I get asked to be on other people's. That's great. Thank you. I, I really do appreciate you being on. It's, um, it's going to be a fantastic chat. I, I just know it. But firstly, can we begin by talking about how you juggle everything? Because you have so much going on, don't you? Uh, well, when you read my intro, yeah, it sounds like I'm really super busy. I sound amazing on your interview. <laughs> um, yeah, it's quite... A weird thing, because obviously it's not all happening at the same time. And it's trying to, I always feel like it's sort of, you know, spinning plates, trying to keep everything balanced because I have teenagers as well. So my daughter's just completed her GCSEs. My son's 14. Both of them are very sporty. No surprise there. Um, so I do travel around the country a bit and obviously watching them do all their sort of sporting stuff as well. And so I feel like a team manager for my family, you know, like a a sporting team manager so whether it's you know through the nutrition and the sort of travel and logistics and social lives and whatever else and then in the sideline I actually get to do some of my own stuff so exactly what you just said how do I manage it all uh yeah difficult sometimes and other times it's a bit quieter but just I think you just constantly have it you have to do it you know so you have to find the time and um, make everything work for everybody. But yeah, it's pretty exhausting sometimes. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. And I think it's a, this is going to sound quite sexist and a general sweeping statement, but I do find that with women, they have this uncanny ability to just get on with doing so many different things. And they might not be able to get everything done perfectly, but they get it done. And that's the main thing. And um, I'm always so in awe of women who uh, are caretakers of children and other family members. And we have this natural kind of um, role to play in people's lives because we're mothers, because we're daughters, because we're sisters, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I have a lot of respect and um, kudos for women um, who can do so much yeah I think so and I think you know women like you say I mean there is a, you know it does balance out and I think we're very lucky in our era of, of life that it is slightly more balanced or appears to be um, you know my husband you know does pitch in don't get me wrong um, but obviously he has a job that takes him out of the house and into London so he's not necessarily here as a sort of I suppose the sort of stable base of everybody to sort of keep everybody running around and doing what they need to do um but yeah it's just for me also I think I got to a time when my children obviously when they were little I was around a lot more and then they got to an age and then lockdown hit it was the perfect opportunity for me to actually really spend time and go well hang on a minute what about what I want to do you know I'm sort of so busy doing everybody else's stuff um and that stopped so then I actually had time to look at myself which was amazing I know other people found lockdown really really hard um, but actually for me it slowed the pace of my life completely and allowed me time to meet wonderful people like yourself and Sally and join all these networking groups and actually investigate what I actually want to do now in my sort of middle-aged life um, post you know being just mum that's great and I'll always be mum 
But also, I still want my own identity again. And, you know, going back to being Susie Cox or Vogue or whatever that might be, and how I can use all the skills and all the things that I have been able to do throughout my sort of time, whether it's on TV or radio or podcasting or fitness or health or all the other sort of, you know, things that I end up doing. And that was a really difficult part was actually trying to sort of pinpoint and use all those skills to something that I want to do now. And that's really how the sort of, I suppose, the podcast with the dogs came along, because that's something I really, really enjoyed. And it was really easy to do during the lockdown period. Um, And then just see whether I really enjoyed presenting again, because it's been a while since I've done it. So I investigated and did some uh, Instagram lives uh, with fabulous women. And we'd obviously done the Brave Pants podcast just before the lockdown period. Um, And so it was was sort of an interesting sort of couple of years of just, it looks like I've done loads, but it was me sort of trying out lots of other things that I want to see whether actually, I really like the idea of this, but do I really want to do this? Um, And and am I any good at it? You know what I mean? That's the sort of thing. And I think people are always scared of trying new things. And that's really what the Brave Pants thing was about. It was like, well, what's the worst going to happen? A, you don't like it, or you're not very good at it. And you go, okay, I won't do that anymore. I'll try this. Um, You know, I'm in a lucky position that I'm able to do that. Um, And I think more people should have a go. Just have a go. You know, like yourself, you're working full time. You're still doing your podcast. You're still out and about doing lots of different things. And I think you sort of broaden your horizons and your sort of contacts and your life experiences, really. Um, And that's what it's about. You're so right. You're so right. And it's um, a wonderful testament to your own self-confidence as well, just kind of going, right, this time is for me and I am going to invest in myself and um, recover, well, not recover, but reclaim myself, I guess, and um, find your way. So I think that's a really inspiring thing to do, especially when, I mean, I have no idea what it's like to be a mother, but I am surrounded by mothers in terms of my friendship groups and colleagues and people I work with and I hear their experiences and um, can have some empathy I can't relate but I can have some empathy around the challenges that they have and how um, as you were saying you know your your identity becomes mum and that's what you end up doing and obviously you need to kind of care and nurture for for babies because they can't look after themselves and that's that's the role of a mum so yeah kudos to you Susie kudos to you but I think also a lot of women I you know I'm I turned 50 this year congratulations <laughs> um and I think well, thank you thank you made it this far carry on um but I think you know also a lot of women get to a certain point in their life where whether it's a 50 or whether it's 40 or whatever that sort of milestone time could be whether it doesn't have to be surrounded about you know uh, around children or based around family you know and it might just be a complete career change or you get to a point you go what have I been doing for the last 10 years I really want to do this why don't I have a go or try it anyway um and I think a lot of people get to my age and you know you're you have teenagers or young children and then you're starting you've got elderly more elderly parents that then need so there's a lot going on you know a lot going on and we hit perimenopause and all those fun times as well so I think you know for women especially it's a really tough gig really um you know whether you have children or not you're going to have parents or you know friends and relatives that need your care and attention as well as trying to forge a career and time for yourself so whilst you're feeling completely out of sorts with perimenopause and menopause as well just some fun to look forward to Tanya thanks thanks you're really selling it to me really selling it to me right (laughs) 
<laughs> right. I think it's time for us to talk about your top three ways of keeping it real, Susie Cox. So your first one is needing quiet time. Yeah, this is a probably a recent one. I've really sort of come to, I suppose, I think also, again, just tapping back into what we were just talking about of, of different decades, you you sort of need different things. And I think, you know, what I need now is actually quiet time because my head is so busy and, you know, even just getting ready to speak to you this evening, you know, there's one teenager in, one teenager out, you know, my husband's just come in from something else and they're all asking, it's all the questions, 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 where's this, you know, the tap and, the, you know, boring stuff, you know, in the house is happening. Um, and actually, you know, if you don't take yourself out of that, you know, whether you've got a busy family life or whether it's work or emails or whatever, there's constant noise in our heads that we have now with social media, with instant access to work related sort of queries. Um, I think you can get really overwhelmed. Well, I certainly do anyway. Um, and it, and it, it can build up. It doesn't happen all the time. But actually, if you sort of try and keep it sort of moderated throughout, then you don't completely lose your marbles by the end of the month if you don't know what I mean so for me you know there's there's a few options that I've I've evolved to, based in the last few years I suppose and tried and see what works for me and it is personal to me um so the thing that works for me really well is I mean it's the calm app but I mean obviously there's other products on the market um and that I love because they do little short snippets meditations and you know meditations not in the way you have to sit legs crossed and chant you know meditations and it's sort of talking sort of making you calm talking you through different scenarios or different problem solving ways and things like that which I really love and also they have some great music um on there um and I love reading so reading you know every night I read sort of just wind down before I go to bed all these little things I think all these little things that sort of just take you down a notch just calm the mind calm the sort of noise that's in your head um and obviously you know what we do for a living we talk for a living quite a lot so actually not talking I know it's weird you know a lot of people listening to who know me will be like what she never not talks but I you know I do I'm like either hyper talking 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 or I'm like in a quiet room by myself um and that's really really important um and also, you know, just really simple things like, you know, I have two dogs, which we talked about, obviously, with my Top Dogs podcast. I love just taking the dogs out for a walk, um, somewhere quiet, listening to a podcast myself or listening to some music. And again, it's all mood dependent. So depending on my mood that day, sometimes I need something a bit more motivational or uplifting or other times just really quiet, relaxing music or someone just speaking, just chilling you out and looking at the scenery um so all those things really really do work um and obviously for me and, and this is all connected so it's just actually taking that time out for myself to to reset and for me obviously exercise and sport has been a huge part of my life so taking my time out away from the house because a lot of what I do is based at home so a lot of my work I'm at home so I'm in my house which is you know a nice house and I love my house don't get me wrong but it's all in the same place. You know, there's never any sort of change of scenery. So for me, going out somewhere to go exercise in a little group is social, um, is also really, really important. That just the hour is like a, a complete reset for me, physically, mentally, emotionally, everything. And all those things help me cope better, not completely, but cope better with the frenetic lifestyle that's sort of whirlwinding around me all the time um, when I'm at home. 
You know, I was just thinking there that somebody had said um, a, a really good phrase about describing people um, who are extroverted, because I think you're extroverted. I've, I've got a radar for these kind of things, and you're definitely extra, <laughs> in a good way, in a good way. But um, I am too, you know, very gregarious, very loud, and um, I, I know that I kind of like to be the centre of attention. I shouldn't really admit that. No, I mean, no, I will admit it. I, w- I do like yeah, I like the limelight. Do it. I like the limelight. Do it. There's nothing wrong with that. No, there isn't. And um, somebody had said to me that actually, even though I'm extroverted, I need that quiet time just in the same way that you said. And he came across this phrase called omnivert. So, uh, that you know, a mixture of being kind of, extra on the extroverted scale but then needing that kind of swing you know swinging that kind of pendulum over right to the other end of the spectrum of just needing to have total quiet time um so yeah I was just thinking oh maybe maybe Susie's an omnivert yeah well I think so too but I think also you know I look at it almost like your sort of you know your phone battery or, or something you know you're like constant constant constant, constant and then you actually just need to shut down <laughs> like computer says no for a bit switch off reset and then you can go again you can't possibly maintain that level of energy and enthusiasm and excitement all the time you know unless there's other things helping you achieve that but you know what I mean for a natural way to be that energized your body will get to a point and you just need to reset and then you can go again um you know all the things that I just spoke about do that for me whether it's exercise, quiet time, but also there's like that expression you were saying. I read a book, someone just sent me a book to it. It's called Quiet, actually. I can't remember the author's name, but I'll let you know. Um, and it's all about the difference between extrovert introverts and introvert extroverts. So you can be an introvert, but occasionally extrovert. And then the extrovert, mostly extrovert, but you need to have that introvert time as well to sort of reset. Oh, um, interesting. I have heard of this book, but I thought it was mainly for introverts. So... <laughs> This is going to sound so bad, isn't so it? So you didn't bother reading it. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't bother reading it. I was like, "Quiet, me." No. <laughs> Someone gave it to me. Actually, they went, "You need to read this." I was like, "Okay, all right." Um, I thought it was just like a hint. Like, can you just shut up for once? Here, read this book. Be quiet. Um, but no, it's uh, I, it's it's quite a quite a deep thinking book. Um, so it's not a book I have to read fiction at night. Otherwise, it. it gets my brain I you know I end up thinking too much so I need sort of waffle imaginative sort of reading fictional stuff escapism sort of disappearing exactly that's the word I'm looking for um to sort of just relax to go to bed but during the day or you know if I'm out about then that's the sort of thing you could read um but yeah definitely I think you know there and there's there's everybody has their way and not everybody it's not you know one size fits all you know we're all extremely different people and we all need different ways to reset you know, my husband needs to sort of run around like a lunatic, even though he's like that all the time. You know, he needs to be active to relax. You know, that's his off button. You know, it might just be gardening or it might just be, but he has to do something. Whereas I actually get to a point where I'm really completely mentally exhausted, not always physically, but mentally exhausted. And I just need that quiet time, just that time out from everybody to shut down the noise, shut down the questions, just to sort of reset and breathe. And then I can go again. And this links into um, your second Keeping It Real. Um, is that your side? I can hear sirens. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I'm, I'm, I don't know what is going on. It's a very busy 
road. I'm at the front of the house and it's near a busier road. So yeah, sirens have gone now. That's all right. We'll carry on. I might just keep them in. That's sometimes I do that because it's really funny. See, that's why I need quiet. <laughs> so noisy everywhere. Constant noise. <laughs> I was saying that um, actually your second keeping it real is quite similar. Um, needing time away. So um, yeah, what, what's uh, what's the dealio with that? It's a bit of a theme, isn't there? <laughs> I need quiet time, time away. Um, well, I think the quiet time, might, you know, it's something I can just do at home or I just need to sort of... So again, during the lockdown, I created this office space for myself in our sort of spare room because everybody sort of had their place and I was like, I don't have a place to go. I want to go somewhere just for me. Um, so I love this room. You know, it has a sofa bed in it so I just literally could live in here and no one would know. But I can shut the door and that's like, right, my time, out you go. Um, but the time away, I think that's become more a recent thing, but because obviously with pre-kids, I mean, I am harping on about my kids, um, not that they're horrific, but just, it does take up quite a lot of your time and being, and I am that sort of person that I jump full in if I'm doing something. Um, but actually just having a, you know, a weekend away with some friends or a night away. I mean, just last week, my, my husband and I, we went to Manchester, my son was competing, I should say our son, it's his as well, was competing in a athletics, English school's athletics thing. He went up with the team on the bus and we drove up. And just even just driving up in the car, just having that time again, just as us rather than as parents. Um, obviously, we do talk about all the parenting stuff as well. But just even to just go and have dinner, stay in a hotel and then go and watch him compete the next day was just, it's just a quick reset. You're not going to be doing that every week, but every now and then he's trying to make sure that you know, you do go out and you do do things for yourself as well as organising everybody else. So for me, time away, whether it's with some friends, you know, going have a girl's trip or just going out for a night just with some girlfriends and just doing something crazy. You know, on Friday night, I'm taking actually me and my daughter, actually, I'm taking her with me, I think. Um, there's a brilliant band I've just seen who are doing a free gig near Waterloo in central London and they're just doing they call it masayoki but it's like karaoke but just on mass they sing and they put all the words up and they play live music and then everybody in the crowd just sings along oh I am my in for gosh that. that sounds amazing so just fun things like that you know I just saw it and normally I'd sort of go oh we're too busy you know we're too busy we thought we've got that and so, you know just the whole weekend and just I'm like no so this is a new thing but I'm like no you know, make time make the effort Go up on the train. It's really simple for me to get to Waterloo. It's free. It'll be fun. And, you know, it's it's just a couple of hours of just complete crazy singing along to these mad people playing the band, which is just so much fun. Um, so just trying to make a bit more time, but not really time away, but obviously time away is nice. But even just different things, making the effort to go and do things socially, which obviously we've got out the habit from the last two years or so. Um, just so you do have more fun as well, you know, and change the scenery and change what you're doing. And the whole Brave Pants podcast was about women, but also any anyone, but women specifically we had as guests, going and reclaiming exactly what you said, things that they used to love doing when they were younger, which they'd forgotten about or just been sort of channeled into this conforming for life and work and mortgages and this sort of life road that you're supposed to be on. And actually, you know, they were a goss when they were at school and they're really into rock music, but they've just lost that. And actually, 
you know, they probably they will always love that sort of era because that, you know, sort of almost like looking back at your childhood and your teen years, that's sort of when you sort of find your identity and your sort of tribe and all that sort of stuff. You know, for me, it's obviously always like her leg warmers and, you know, jumping around like a loony. So that for me is my, you know, excitement. Um, but just reclaiming things you've always wanted to do or, or doing something you've always wanted to do, but just never thought you could, you know, whether it was dye your hair pink or wear leopard print or just something, you know, like we were talking earlier, I had a tattoo done today. It's very exciting. It's my first one. Um, go and have a tattoo if you're, you know, it's not going to lose you your job or something. Um, but, you know, I've waited a long time to go and do it and I just need a little push. Um, my son bought me a voucher for my big birthday earlier this year. Um, and that was, that was, otherwise I'd have probably procrastinated about it for another year until I went and did it, you know. What so I do that idea. too. I'm not like... What a lovely idea from your son. Very thoughtful. I know. He's 14. His father was obviously involved. Um, but, but, you know, but again, not being brave enough. My mum, we were talking about this earlier. My mum came over on my birthday and she said, oh, you know, to my son, what did you get mum for your birthday? And I said, I just, just got me a voucher. Otherwise, I was going to come out. I bought a voucher for a tattoo, Grandma. And, you know, and, and it was ridiculous. I'm like, I'm 50 years old. Why can't I just, you know, so I'm not always brave. You know, I'm very good at encouraging other people to do stuff, but you know, ninety percent of the time I am. But some occasionally I still revert back being to sort of, you know, scared ten year old with your parents. What's a tattoo? We've got to ask what's a tattoo. The tattoo is of an elephant. Um I do have a huge love for elephants, um, since I was about nineteen, probably maybe before. I went to Sri Lanka and, and came across some elephants there, which I just completely fell in love with. And then since then, you know, it's been a bit of an elephant elephant obsession. Um and so lots of people either bought me ornate, anything to do with elephants. Um so I decided I wanted a tattoo, didn't quite know what I wanted, always knew it was an elephant. We, and my dad was born in India, so I wanted to, he died about I lost him about eight, nine years ago. So I actually wanted something representation of his sort of heritage, I suppose. Um, so it's a very sort of ornate mandala elephant head. The whole of my forearm underneath actually was a little bit bigger than I was planning to <laughs> when I first sort of looked at designs. But actually, I love it. It looks amazing from what I could see. And I, yeah, when I hold it up the right way, when, when I held it up the wrong way, it looked wrong, very wrong. It did look a little bit wrong the other way. So, yeah, you do need to make sure that when you're showing it, it's... it's Elephant trunk is down, the, the, yeah. not up. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I'm never going to be able to look at it again now. And it's covered in cling film, which looks even worse, because I literally had it done this afternoon. So, Is it still painful? We'll wait and see how... It, do you know, it's, it's tiny stings every now and then, but actually, no, not yet. I mean, it's looking a little bit more pink around the edges as we're going on. So I'm hoping in a couple of days it'll be absolutely fine. Yes. Yeah, it... I've given birth twice. How bad can it be? Seriously. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you'll, um, <laughs> they should have given you some cream or something to, um, yeah, yeah. Because it'll scab over a little bit. There'll be a little bit of Yeah, they give me scabby. easy, the special, special cream. And I had to go and buy cling film because I don't have cling film in the house because I don't agree with it for environmental reasons but obviously I had to buy some for this because it's important to keep it clean so there we are tattoo day today very exciting jolly good jolly good let's talk about keeping it real number three and that is dancing yes so 
um, again, I hadn't realised quite how much I've missed doing it. Cause it's always huge, been a huge part of my life since I was tiny. You know, I went to ballet at sort of two and a half, three years old. Um, and in, obviously did gymnastics, so there's a little bit of dancing involved in that. You know, performing, as we talked about our extrovert selves, we like to perform. Um, and so the sports I generally sort of veered towards and did well in were the ones where you could perform, you know, whether it was just ballet exams or gymnastics is a very performance-based sport. Um, and then later on in life, I moved from that into competitive aerobics, which again is very much performance-based, a lot of leotards involved in my life. Um, and then from that, obviously, into gladiators, which again is, is although it's it's not a sport, obviously it's a physical game show and light entertainment, but there's a lot of music, sort of movement, performance-based um, and then I was always teaching group classes. So again, you know, throughout the week I was teaching using music and movement and dance to, I would get like a massive, you know, adrenaline sort of dopamine high from, from teaching, um, and seeing other people in a whole big group doing the same thing. I mean, it's amazing. And obviously then I think probably more recent in the last sort of five, six years, I haven't done that. And I didn't realise quite how much I missed it until, you know, till you go out. And obviously we're at an age where no one's really getting married unless it's a second wedding. You know, at 50, you used to go to weddings, you used to go to parties. Now we're having 50th birthdays, okay. But I'm the only person who had, like, a DJ and dance floor at my party. You know, whether my other friends just want to drink or just stand around and chat. Um, so actually music became, and I'm always listening to music. Like you said, whether I'm dog walking the dogs or I'm at home in the kitchen or whatever, music is my sort of energy gives me and just before we came on here I was feeling a bit tired because I didn't sleep that well last night so I just popped on a bit of Lizzo just to sort of pump me up get me excited to talk to you um so dancing is dancing and music combined are my sort of drug of choice if you like mine too completely relate completely relate because when I moved to Bristol I did that thing that you were talking about earlier on and just really thinking about what what it was that I used to love doing as, as a child and the dancing I never was in any I was never in any dancing groups but I always had this desire of watching Bollywood movies and getting into Strictly and um, other dance shows um, The Greatest Dancer with uh, Cheryl I really got into all of those programs and I just thought oh my god I just want to dance I would love to dance and that's what I did I came to Bristol and I looked at dance workshops and found um Bollywood dance classes and thought you know what this I never thought about Bollywood dancing but this will help me reconnect with my roots I then wanted to get into steel pans because I used to play steel pans as a child um and I waited two and a half freaking years on a waiting list that's how popular it is wow to, yeah to be uh, in a in a steel pan band and um yeah I'm doing that as well so completely understand the 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 desire to want to move and move to music and all that kind of stuff so I can yeah and I think it, it covers all ages you know I think you know you'll see on on social media tiny little kids you know if people are street performers are performing they have no they don't they don't have that inhibitions little children you know they'll just dance and anywhere and just do their thing and then as we grow up and get into teenagers we become more self-conscious more self-aware of what we're doing and our bodies and all that type of stuff so we end up stopping doing things that we used to love doing I mean I one of the other things I was doing um after gladiators finished and things was I got asked to go in and be a, more of a mentor in, in some schools um, with teenage girls specifically 
because teenage girls were stopping moving generally, you know, unless they were already involved in a competitive sport. Again, they just stopped. They didn't want to do PE, they did all the regular PE stuff and sports. So it was a big state secondary school up the road for me. Um, asked if I would come in and teach some group, like dance, fun, anything, just to get them moving. So at the time I was doing some Zumba stuff. So we went in and did some Zumba classes with the girls, which was amazing. Yeah, but really enlightening. I had to lower my expectations of what I, you know, especially I was teaching adults or from 18 to probably 60, 60 year olds in a class I was teaching locally and they could do a whole hour workout, you know, without any problem. It wasn't tough, but it was, it was moving for a whole hour. I went into the schools with the teenage girls after five minutes, they were going, Oh, miss, I've got stitch, I've got stitch. And I was like, what is going on here? So, so we changed, I changed the style of the class for two reasons. One, because they just couldn't do a whole hour moving to music which was horrific but obviously massively important that I kept going and got them a bit fitter but for me also it wasn't even about that and, and it's never about what they were actually doing it was about their self-confidence with their bodies as well which was really really important to me and that I get massive rewards and you know good feelings from from helping people feel better about themselves you know um and especially teenage girls because it's such a massive thing for them as soon as the body changes they become really self-conscious and anything um so i'd get them doing lots of little little group session things so they'd put them in little groups and they had to choreograph their own little routine and then show it to the rest of the group which is horrific you know for most people for us brilliant because we like being said retention and showing off and performing but for a lot of people that is just like the worst thing you could possibly ask them to do and actually you know week on week on they got more and more confident you know the girls who were shy and less confident at the back were moving towards the front of the class and I was like, if you can do this in front of, you know, your friends, you know, your your classmates, think what you can do outside of here. You know, it's not that big a deal, is it? Yeah, you feel a bit embarrassed for a start, but actually once you've done it, it's okay. You know, what's the worst? What's the worst that's going to happen? It's the same thing. So it was really important. That was a real, you know, sort of cathartic experience of trying to get these girls to feel more confident. I mean, one group I ended up, we played stuck in the mud because that's the only thing I could get them to do for longer than about five minutes. They were horrific. Uh, I mean, I like a challenge, but they were like another level. Oh my gosh. I think it just goes to show that this kind of era that we're in with so much technology and social media and phones and TV and Netflix and Amazon Prime and all that kind of stuff. I wonder whether that has a bearing on the way that kids these days interact with everyone else. Because I remember, you know, when I was younger, I was never um, particularly good at sports. Um, but we were made to do PE and we were made to do exercise. And that was part of the, you know, the, the, that's part of the curriculum and there was no way out of it and, and all that kind of stuff. And it sounded like I'm a bit out of touch with school. So I'm, I've assumed that PE still happens. Um, but yeah, I just wonder whether that the, the era that we're living in means that kids these days are just not as fit um as they were back in the day now I sound really old well, I, <laughs> no 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 well not as old as me so you're right um but you know I, no it's the thing I noticed massively was um and through the well HQ that you mentioned earlier obviously they do a lot of work with girls in sport to do with the menstrual cycle and you know, utilising their bodies to, to their advantage for training for, you know, high-level sport. Um, and 
they were noticing that girls, you know, girls are dropping off as soon as they hit about 14, 15, they just drop off sport. And back in the day, as we're talking about, you were made to do it. Okay. And that is good and bad, you know, great because it gets you active if you're okay with activity like you obviously were. But for some girls that puts them off sport for life because they're forced out to do something it's so outside of their comfort zone and enjoyment level and whatever so that's why they were bringing in me to do zumba or something fun so it's still activity and exercise it's still part of their p lesson i wasn't doing it as extracurricular it was part of their p lesson um because they had such a huge school there was only so many teachers p staff that they could employ and have to do the regular netball hockey you know softball whatever basketball competitive team sports but they still wanted these girls to be active which i thought was an incredibly forward thinking and a brilliant brilliant idea so they would come in and 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 do the session with me and they were still active but it was fun it was like a dance class slash party vibe because obviously i'd go in with my massive speakers <laughs> i was teaching at one school actually and it was quite a stern headmistress there and um we were teaching, I had a group, I think they were year 10, year 11, so sort of, you know, 15, 16-year-olds, and had some of the boys as well, so they were allowed to come in and do the session as well. And we had a whole, like, party club vibe going on, <laughs> really loud music, and we were doing races, you know, just anything. I do anything to get them fun. You know, if you give kids competitive, they will compete. Um, And we, I think, I don't even know what the music, we had like, we were like jumping up. It was like we were at a club or something. You know, I could revert back to being a 15-year-old when I was around them. And the headmistress came and just stood at the back with her arms crossed, just looking at us all really sternly. So I sort of surreptitiously turned the music down. And because I have a mic as well, because there's like 30 kids in the room, you know, trying to shout. Um, And so she was banishing us to a smaller room. And I was like, no, you can't. These are grown adult-sized people. You can't put them in a smaller room to work out. It was was a completely different school and a completely different ethos. The other school, very forward-thinking, very, very proactive and making sport for everyone. You know, whatever your circumstances at home, your background, your opportunities, you know, sport brings everybody together, um, which was really, really important. That's something that I continue to try and do, like with my kids and friends kids and even my own friends you know we come they come around and we do a little garden workout and it's social but we're exercising that's amazing and you mentioned gladiators earlier on and it would be remiss of me to not ask you about your time at gladiators and more so because it'll just indulge me so please Susie (laughs) indulge me what was it like to be in gladiators do you know what? At the, uh, it was amazing. I mean, obviously, I, I wasn't there from the start. I was asked to audition from the start, but I just qualified to go to Las Vegas for a World Championships for my competitive aerobics. And I'd watch American Gladiators, and I just thought, mm, that is weird. I do not want to do that. And also, British TV was very sort of sensible at that period of time, apart from you know game shows, your traditional game shows, or it was sort of dramas or, you know, Morse or, you know, that type of thing, Poirot. Um, or soaps and so it wasn't you know WWF wrestling style shows at all so I was like that is not gonna happen here you know what do I know massive huge show um, so I did another couple of years of competing and then I knew through someone they were going to looking at changing the team because they brought in bodybuilders who are brilliant they're amazing and they've got amazing physiques they're really strong but they're not used to flinging themselves around and climbing stuff and hanging upside down. And 90% of the games are hanging upside down and high up. You know, there's very few that are on the floor just whacking someone over the head. Um, 
so I then went for an audition for that and that's how I got in um and so it was for me the same as for you guys I'd been watching the show so I turn up on the first day and it's all these people that I'd been watching on tv you know in a room I knew one I knew Jet before we we used to compete together so I knew her didn't know anyone else it was all I only knew their gladiator names it was really embarrassing I felt like new, it was like new girl at school it was completely terrifying the first day but once obviously a panther who's my bestie now still uh, at least 30 years on um she sort of took me under her wing a bit and sort of helped me and because obviously none of them wanted to help you either because you'd sort of you know every it was cutthroat tv and everybody was out for themselves and their own jobs and you know thought if I help her she'd get really good and then I might get kicked off the show or you know so it was a bit like that as well um but actually to be fair once you're in and established and everybody sort of settles down a bit they were brilliant and and amazing we used to film everything in six weeks in the summer holidays so the crowds were like seven thousand people we filmed two shows a day so again pretty full-on filming schedules but then the rest of the year you're doing personal appearances wherever in the world um and then panto so i got to indulge my love of performing even more by doing five panto seasons um and then recently that that i think going back to our you know my number two the time away uh, this year has been amazing. I've been uh, invited to go and do a Comic Con that was in Aberdeen. So there were four of us there. So Hunter, Cobra, Panther and myself. Um, and that was just so much fun. I mean, Comic Con aside, which was obviously eye-jaw-dropping for me because I've never been to anything like that in my life. Um, just great to hang out, you know, and it was like reversing back. We'd gone back, you know, 20, 30 years, you know, just all back filming again because you're in a big, dark sort of arena event space. Um, and then we did another one recently up in Nottingham. So Lightning was along for that one as well. Uh, it was just really nice to sort of hang out with them all because I haven't seen them for so long. Um, to do actually, you know, I see Hunter, he lives fairly local to me in Panther, but and Siren, who was one of the newer ones up in Scotland, you know, we're really good friends, so I haven't seen him for a long time, but we keep in touch pretty regularly. Um, but to actually spend a weekend hanging out, having dinner, talking, getting, you know, catching up on the millions of years that have passed under the bridge, um, oh, it was great. So that, that, they've been fun actually, you know, and we get paid to do it, so I'm like, yes, I'm in. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you very much for indulging me and talking about gladiators. Um, and I think it's time now that we uh, bring this conversation to a close. Um, but thank you so much for your time, Susie. It's been really lovely chatting to you this evening. And um, yeah, I look forward to seeing you some more on our Brandable and Co meetups. Perfect. Thank you very much. Yes, we can meet in real life. Absolutely. I would love that. We've not met in real life. We've only ever seen each other on the Zoom rooms. Oh. And, we, and we need to go dancing. I need to come and do a Bollywood dance class with you. That's, well, that's what we'll do. Yes, for shizzle. Actually, um, I'll talk about this more offline, but before we <laughs> offline god that sounded so corporate <laughs> um but yeah there's a there's a dance class in london that i would recommend so i'll talk to you later about that but Perfect. in the meantime thank you so much susie cox aka vogue from gladiators back in the day <laughs> i truly hope that you have enjoyed listening to this episode of the diversity of me keeping it real with me tanya rai if you did, please do take the time out to rate, review and follow only because it helps other people find this podcast more easily and if you have enjoyed it and found it beneficial, then maybe somebody else will too. <laughs>